Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith and I am bringing you the weekend warm-up, our weekly podcast where we go over all of the biggest events from the last seven days or so. And again, it seems like every week we're in the same spot where there is just a ton to talk about. Uh, this week we saw Bayern Munich crush Arbe Leipzig. We also saw them completely and thoroughly dismantle FC Barcelona. So we will touch on those things, but a couple of the other topics that we will hit on are the recent contract extension for Leon Goretzka, which is a great thing for the club moving forward. Uh, just how good the team has looked defensively and why the club needs to extend Nicholas Sula as well. And why it might be time for Joshua Kimmich and Jamal Musiala to start weaving in some days off into their already busy schedule. So let's just quickly touch on the games over the course of the week. And we're not going to dive too deep into them. But I think at a high level, we can all look at the results. We can all look at how Bayern Munich played in those games. And we can think, damn, this team's pretty good. Uh, if there was any doubt about the impact that Julian Nagelsmann would have, in taking over for Hansi Flick as manager, I think that that, even after seven games or whatever it is right now, uh, I think that can be alleviated because Nagelsmann has, he's been able to build on what Flick did. And that's been impressive because one of Flick's biggest things, uh, one of the biggest areas of impact that he had was just knowing the players, relating to the players, communicating effectively with the players. And I think Nagelsmann has has already mastered that. I think he's coming and done a phenomenal job of that. And I think it's really helped achieve the results that the team has got. Now listen, Bayern Munich is an uber-talented squad, right? They are, they are good in so many positions, and they have world-class players all over the pitch. And right now, I'll tell you, they are deep as well. I love the depth that they have. So if you just look at the roster alone, you can see that this is a talented squad capable of doing major damage in Europe. Admittedly, coming into last week, I thought maybe this could be a week that gives Bayern Munich some trouble. And Arbe Leipzig was, was not playing at its best. They're still not playing at their best under Jesse Marsh. And we'll see if he's able to come in and really impact that club the way that Nagelsmann has impacted Bayern. But as of now, it looks like a bit up and down, a, a bit iffy. I don't doubt that he'll have long-term success there. I just think it's going to take a while. And they caught Bayern Munich at the wrong time. Uh, that is a good RB Leipzig team. But I thought Bayern dominated that game, and I didn't think it was ever close. And that led us right into FC Barcelona, where Bayern was never threatened in that game. I mean, listen, this is a toothless Barcelona club that's a shell of its former self. The talent level just isn't there. And I don't want to say it's a shame because no one should really feel sorry for FC Barcelona. It's just, you know, I mean, they had years and years and years of superior play. Uh, at this point, you know, uh, what's the expression? The, uh, the chickens have come home to roost or whatever it is. I'm probably butchering that because I'm not feeling great and I'm recording this late, but, uh, it's it's a, it's not a shame, but all of the financial mismanagement, all of the bad contracts, all of the poor personnel decisions have led Barcelona to this point where, wow, they just do not look good. And they look like they're falling apart. And it, it doesn't seem like they have any of those glue players there to really keep it together. And if you want to boil it down and you want to make it really simple without uh, Lionel Messi 
there's just no one to carry them. I mean, I think for the last few years, it's pretty obvious now that he was, you know, he had the weight of that club on his shoulders. And with him no longer there, uh, they are just not as good as they need to be for the type of club that they are. So Bayern Munich iced FC Barcelona. And right now, Bayern is riding high and they will head into this weekend against VFL Bochum, and we'll see how that goes. I would assume that Bayern is going to roll right through that. Uh, but, you know, this is this is why they play the games, and I think that Bayern uh, is going to continue their solid play, and, and Bochum will absolutely uh, be another <laughs> speed bump on this freight train that, that Bayern is riding right now. So, uh, But the big event of the week, the big news, uh, was Leon Goretzka re-upping his contract. And it was just a, a really big move, not just for the player, but for the club. Uh, this ensured that the current midfield duo of Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka will be together through at least the 2025 season. Goretzka, of course, signed his deal through 2026, but Kimmich had one less year on his contract. So we'll see what happens when we get there. But for at least the next three and a half, four seasons, we're going to see uh, a world-class midfield working together, a solid on-the-field and off-the-field relationship between those two players. What they've built with that in establishing that and really working together, and not just on the pitch, but on their social projects off the field, uh, they have a rapport unlike many other uh, midfield duos or midfield trios you might find across Europe or in the world. So I think it's a great move for Bayern Munich. It's one that they absolutely had to make. Uh, Goretzka is a very important player moving forward. He is just the type of player that Bayern loves to have on their roster. And I think that his impact to this club uh, will be, over the course of this contract, great. Now, if we want to look at Goretzka's form right now, just like I would say about Kimmich, I don't think either midfielder has been great. I think that with Kimmich, it's a lot of mileage build up, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But Goretzka, I just don't think, has been very sharp this season. It's not that he's been bad, because obviously, with the results the team is getting, you could not have a bad midfield duo playing in a 4-2-3-1 and be successful. I just don't think they've been sharp. And I think this long hard schedule that the club clubs everywhere and players everywhere that they've had over the past two seasons uh, that's been COVID induced. Uh, I think it's taking its toll and these great players who can do so many phenomenal things on the pitch just have not been as precise or sharp as you would like, or as they probably expect to be themselves. And I think that that's a, it's, it's a problem. And I think that Julian Nagelsmann is a person that can help alleviate that problem by being a little bit smarter with how he rotates players in. And uh, while Goretzka's contract is certainly a good thing, I hope that he is one of the players that Nagelsmann can find a way to rest occasionally because I think with the midfield depth that the club has at this point, it only makes sense to start to weave in some of these players. So, Touching on that, <laughs> uh, I wrote a post this week uh, commenting on Bayern Munich needing to save Joshua Kimmich from himself. And it's it's one of those things where I enjoy watching every game that Kimmich plays. Everything he brings to the pitch, uh, 
you can't ask for anything more. He's a fiery player. He's a leader. He is 100% into the match, every match. Even when he's not feeling great, even when he's off, he's going to give you his all. And it just bleeds through the screen when you're watching. You can tell that anytime he's on the pitch, that's what matters most in his life. And it's probably a double-edged sword for a player like him because he's probably so uber-intense, so focused, that sometimes I would bet other parts of his life probably suffer because he's just that into the game. Uh, but with that, I really want to see Nagelsmann start to throttle Kimmich down. And this would be a great game this weekend to be able to do that against Bochum because, it, one, they're not a good team. Two, it's a great chance to give Sabitzer some time. Marcel Sabitzer had come to the club. He hasn't started a game yet. And I think it, this is a great game to just integrate him and see what he can bring to the table. But we just need to see Joshua Kimmich get a little more rest and hopefully be able to rejuvenate himself, get some of, you know, get rid of those heavy legs that I know he's feeling at this point. And hopefully that'll help him be a little more sharp. He has not, he has not been uh, as precise with his passing as I think we've all become accustomed to. And yeah, there are times he's taking some higher risk chances because, well, he's that good of a player. And a lot of the times he can make those high risk passes work. But right now they're not connecting and I would really love for him to get some rest, ease back a little bit, and really be fresh for the stretch run of the season. And another player that I would really like Nagelsmann to monitor and to, to watch and make sure that he does not wear down is Jamal Musiala. Now, I have been screaming and crying since last January saying that Musiala needs to be in the starting 11 every game. And I stand by that 100%. I think he is the team's best wing, even with the current form of Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry improving. I still think Musiala is the most dangerous, efficient, and effective winger that Bayern has. But with Musiala, there are some things you have to look at. One, he's he has a slight build. He is not a big muscular guy. And and before we dive way deep into why he needs a rest, I don't want him to go on the Leon Goretzka or Marco Roca plan. I don't want him bulked up and looking like the Hulk running down the wing, okay? And there's a reason for that because I believe in some players that they their body type and how they move and the fluid the fluidity that they have within their games is directly attributable to how they're built and how they've learned to move with their own bodies over the course of time. And if you want an example of that, look at Thomas Muller, right? He is not a player, a hulking presence. He is not someone that relies on having a huge muscular build to, to play the game that he does. And I think if he did, his career probably would not be as effective as as it has been. And with Musiala, I think the way that he moves, the way he's able to do his feints, the footwork that he has, the explosiveness that he has when he changes speeds, I think that's all tied to how he's built and him having mastered how to use the body that he has over his years on this earth. Uh, I just think that Musiala doesn't need anything. He doesn't need to go on the Roka plan. He doesn't need to bulk up like Goretzka. He just needs to be himself. And one of the things that's going to come along with that is probably needing some days off, more so probably now than when he's 22 or 23. I think right now you want to watch him. This is probably, while not as intense a schedule as, as he's ever faced, I'm sure 
as a young player, you know, sometimes you're playing two games in a weekend, four games in a weekend. It's not that. It's the physical pounding that someone with a body type like Musiala's is going to take. And me having this philosophy that I don't want him to bulk up and get bigger uh, is going to require him to probably take a couple of more days off than uh, many other players would need. But I think it's all worth it in the end. I think he brings so much to the table. I think he's got so much natural talent. You just want to let him be and maybe just give him an extra rest day or two to keep him fresh and get the best out of him during the stretch run in the season. So Julian Nagelsmann, I know you're listening to the weekend warm-up. I love the job you're doing. I think you're an excellent coach. Why don't you work in some off days for Musiala and Kimmich and make me feel better about things? Because, you know, I know that's the most important thing to you is, uh, you know, keeping some podcaster slash blogger happy and uh, appeasing my my wishes. So I don't know. I just think that's the way to go here. I think Kimmich and Musiala are are so vital to what this team uh, to to the to the goals and achievements that this team has in mind that I think they just need that extra rest and it's it's really one of those things that we need to see happen for this team to to really get the most out of itself. And finally, I think the the last subject we'll touch on this week uh, is the Bayern Munich defense and. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm surprised here, right? Because I expected the the Bayern defense to be pretty good this year. One, I, I expected Nicholas Sewell to come back and, and have a great season. I was ready for it, and I, I'm extremely happy with what he's done and how he's looked. And I'll be honest, it's it's really impressed me that he looks like he's back into his top form. He looks he looks like he's got his quickness back. He looks like his confidence in his knee that he might not have had last season. He looks sharp. He looks focused. And he has not been one of the players who has let his uncertain contract situation really affect his play. To me, I think it's an absolute must that Byron uh, extends Nicholas Sula. And, you know, the most recent word that we got is that... Uh, Sula and Bayern Munich are going to push off what we would call negotiations until the winter time because they are just not ready uh, to, to really go through this now. And I can see this from Bayern Munich's perspective, right? They've just gotten deals for Kimmich and Goretzka done. They need to sit back and assess things, and I'm sure they want to take a longer look at Sula. The problem is, from Sula's standpoint, I don't know how he takes this, right? Maybe he's okay with this. Maybe he really wants to stay with Bayern Munich and waiting until the winter time to really get the talks to heat up is a good thing. Or maybe he's not interested in staying and this is just a way to divert the attention that he's going to leave. I don't know, but I think that he's really one of the players that Bayern needs moving forward as they head into the next few years. I really just like what I've seen from him, but I also like what I have seen from Dio Upamecano and Luca Hernandez. Uh, Upamecano has been a little better than I thought it would be. I thought there would be an adjustment period. And listen, I'm not going to go like over the moon about him yet. Yes, he's been good. I'm not going to say he has been like this 
world-class top two defender in the world. Like I've seen some people touting, like he's been good. He's been very good. I want to kind of slow my roll with thinking he's going to come in and be the next, you know, Sergio Ramos or Virgil van Dyke or whoever. I just want to see how he progresses. I want him to keep attacking things the way he has. But uh, I do think one of the, the big things that's a key, and this is a, Another one of maybe my freak kind of viewpoints, I love having three starting quality center backs right now, even when they're just using two in this 4-2-3-1. I think that if Nagelsmann can find a way to keep the three players happy, to rotate them in such a way that they stay fresh, they stay healthy, and they stay effective, that this is the best possible scenario. And I, to me, I, if I'm Nagelsmann, I don't even care about matchups. I just create a rotation for those three. I follow the rotation. I keep them fresh. I keep them happy and I keep them engaged. And I probably win a lot of games because when those three players are on and they are totally into the match and they are focused, they are very, very good. I, I mean, I am, I've been very impressed. And I know Hernandez has, has spent most of this season hurt already, but his track record from last season and how he's looked in the brief appearances that he's had so far. I've come away thinking that, you know, he is a player that they are going to be able to rely on. And I didn't always think that way. I, I really doubted his injury history, even in coming when he signed with Byron and coming to the club. I thought he had a lot of red flags. And uh, I don't want to say he's proven me wrong, but he because he has he has picked up quite a few knocks. But his performance on the pitch has has been pretty stellar. And with Upamakano and Sula, you know, he forms a, a really good trio. And I like basically how the whole back line stacks up. I mean, Davies has, has been far better so far this year than he was last season. I see a marked improvement from him. And I wasn't so sure at the beginning with him either, okay? Like, I, I know, like, I don't want to be too hard on Davies uh, because I think he's just a mega talent and he's really good. I thought last season when he was a little off, even the beginning, the very beginning of this season, it just could be the mileage from so many international competitions and being young and the schedule and the physicality all catching up to. But he looks more confident and looks like he kind of has free reign. He looks like that Nagelsmann has really just unleashed him. And right now it's working. I'm not saying it's always going to work, but it has right now. As for the other side, I, like as much as we all like Stanisic, and I do, I think he's been really good for them. I think Pavar's been good as well, and Pavar just he draws a lot of hate. I still, I still really don't get it because uh, I do think he's a good player. I don't understand why so many people just hop on every bad thing that he does. Like over the course of any game, we're going to see stupid plays by every single player, even smart players like Kimmich or Goretzka or Manuel Neuer or Muller or Lewandowski or Musiala or Upamakano. Any of those players, they're all smart players, but they're going to do something stupid over the course of the game. That's just the way it goes. Um, it, it's, a, it's a tough game, and you have to make split-second decisions, and sometimes you're going to make the wrong ones. But... Um, you know, I've come away really impressed with Pavar and how he's come back from his injury and looked pretty sharp. I mean, this back line is really good. I think Byron is in a tremendous spot moving forward. And fans should really 
I think they should really take a step back and appreciate what they have in that defense. I don't think anybody thought coming into this year that the defense was going to be arguably the strongest area of the team, and it really might be. I mean, I know the midfield is pretty strong now, especially if you count Thomas Muller as an attacking midfielder. Uh, obviously, at the at the nine, you have Lewandowski, who is the world's best player, and you have Chupo, who is not the world's best player, but he's a pretty damn good backup. And at wing, if if the foursome that Byron has, if they keep playing like that, that's also a strong quartet. So, uh, yeah, there are there is just strength everywhere, up and down the depth chart. But I really like the way the defense is playing. This is this has been impressive, and I think that Nagelsmann has shown that not only has he been able to get these these players organized and functioning all in the same manner, but he's been able to make adjustments in games and help the defenders when there's been areas where they've been struggling with. So I'm thoroughly impressed with what I've seen defensively. I do think the club needs to to make sure that they do extend Nicholas Sula because I, I think he, of all the three center backs that they have, I still think he's got the highest ceiling. And I say that knowing Upamakano is younger, that Upamakano, a lot of people would say, uh, could be the, the best of the lot eventually. But I, I see, still see a lot of good things with Sula. I would still build around him and, and not look to unload him. And that will uh, probably do it for this episode. I will tell you this. I, am, uh, I have been in this rut with like TV shows, right? And streaming services. Like I, there's like nothing interesting me right now, right? I, you know, I don't sit around at night typically and have a lot of time to watch TV. So most of the time I'm flipping on a game, like even tonight, right? Like I watch a little bit of the Phillies and I'm watching the U S women's national team. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. And that's kind of like what I do at night. Like I'll watch games and it, sometimes they're not even Philly teams or they're not U S teams or Byron or whatever. I'll just watch any rando game I can get, even if it's on replay. But if I get into a show, I will dive in and watch it. So one of the, the shows that I've heard a lot about, and it's, it's more of a one-off than anything. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's, <laughs> It's a documentary about a minor league hockey team. I've heard so much about uh, Untold Volume 1, Crime and Penalties. So I am going to check that out over the course of the next week or so. And I'll give you a little report on that because, one, it being a true story involving hockey and the mafia and and, and a mafioso who allegedly was the character that inspired uh, David Chase to write about Tony Soprano. Uh, <laughs> I was in, right? So I'm in on this. I'm going to I'm gonna check it out. And I'll let you know if it's worth your time because uh, I don't like to make recommendations, especially if they're a little iffy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe you guys don't agree with that if you've read some, some of my recommendations in the warm-up. But, um, you know, I'm going to check this out. And I really... Uh, I think it'll be something cool and I'll give you a breakdown of it uh, probably next week on the show. So thanks again for listening. It has been a pleasure to bring you this one. I love talking to you guys and I love the subject matter that we had this week. Big thumbs up for Goretzka signing, signing that deal. Hopefully Nagelsmann gets Kimmich and Musiala some rest and hopefully Byron gets his act together and extends Sula. 
But that'll wrap it up. And you can find any of our contributors on Twitter, at least the ones that are on Twitter. Come on, Samarin. you got to get with the program on that YouTube schnitzel. Uh, you can catch us at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get me at the Barrel Block. You can get Tom at Tommy Adam 71 And you can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. And ladies, I'm sure Tommy Adams has his DMs open. So if you want to slide in there, you know, feel free to to pop him in there. I know Tom's going to kill me for that. All right. So, uh, you know, for, as always, for the latest and greatest football news, Bayern news, Germany news, and transfer rumors, be sure to visit BavarianFootballWorks.com. Thanks again for listening. I uh, love you guys, and we will see you next time.